Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for TMI's PantherCast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Joining me today is Rob Friedrich, Chair of the Science Department. Rob has been a teacher at TMI since 2000. He has an undergraduate degree from Trinity University and earned his Master's of Science degree from the University of Texas at San Antonio. Thank you so much for coming in and talking with me today, Rob. Hey, Stephanie, thank you for inviting me. Am I right? Am I your first, uh, am I the first person doing this? You are very first, the first one recorded. So if you listened last week, we actually introduced Father Scott, but you actually came before him, so you can be sure to let him know that we got you in first. I will lord that over him, <laughs> that you called me first. Although, probably it's just that I was the only one in town. That's my, that's my real guess. <laughs> no, no, you were the top choice. <laughs> all right, so before we jump into all things TMI, let me take a minute and give the audience a chance to get to know you a little more. You've been at TMI for 18 years now, and you earned both your bachelor's and master's degrees here in Texas. So why don't you start by telling me a little bit about the path that led you through school, into teaching, and finally here to TMI. Yeah, I am, I am definitely an accidental teacher. This was <laughs> absolutely not where, where one would have expected me to, uh, to end up. Um, I, like a lot of our teachers, went to a private high school. So um, teaching at a private high school is sort of part of my, my background in history. I was a terrible student academically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really was. I was big into theater, big theater <laughs> guy. I was big into athletics, did a lot of that. Um, academically, I was really mediocre. I mean, up there on the mediocre chain, uh, for sure, um, which probably surprises people, but nonetheless, absolutely true. So somewhere along the line, you took a really big yeah. detour. <laughs> I, took, I took a hard right turn uh, somewhere in there. I was, um, I was even uh, functionally math illiterate in high school. Really? Yeah, I had panic attacks whenever math would be uh, presented mm-hmm. to me uh, so in what, high school. So what grew the passion? How did you get from theater and suddenly into this passion for science. Yeah, I so I went to Trinity and I was a, a philosophy major. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a philosophy major, a writer, maybe a lawyer or something to mm-hmm. that effect. And um, I took a biology class because I had to mm-hmm. uh, and because I thought, well, of all the sciences, right, that'll be the easy one. So mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just get this out of the way. <laughs> um, little did I know. And uh, and you know, it was just the coolest, most exciting thing. It was just it was just awesome. Um, and. Did that and then thought about it for a bit and then, you know, went back to my, uh, my advisor and said, well, you know, what would it be a double major? Like, what would I have to do to do philosophy and biology and, and do both of those? Because I didn't want to give up philosophy. I didn't mm-hmm. know really if I was going to do science. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept going. Just and, dabbling in it, testing the waters with science. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and seeing, like, you know, could I do this? And um, so I, I, I discovered I could do it if I took 18 hours and 20 hours at a time and if I went to summer school, you know, every summer and, uh, and just really, you know, just, just pushed it really hard. And that's what I did. And it just, you know, it just lit me up the whole time. I just got so excited mm-hmm. about it. Um, and then the only fallback or, or problem was that I actually graduated college still functionally math illiterate. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I could not add fractions together mm-hmm. when I graduated college, which is just a sort of terrible thing. But, I, you know, I bring that up, the fact that I was a terrible student, no, terrible, a yeah. <laughs> really mediocre high school student, um, and, you know, not good at math. I know a lot of our students, um, they struggle with math. I know mm-hmm. a lot of our students uh, maybe struggle thinking that academically they're not terribly strong. Maybe they're, mm-hmm. they're strong in athletics or strong in the arts or they're strong somewhere else, but they think, well, you know, they just maybe mm-hmm. academically aren't that, that great. And, uh, you know, not every academic follows that sort of pathway mm-hmm. where in eighth grade they knew they were going to be a doctor. 
and then yeah. they were a doctor. That, that's that's not really a common pathway. Um, and, and there's more than one way you can go. So, And it doesn't have to be discouraging. If someone's struggling in math or struggling in science, it doesn't have to be an immediate turnoff or discouragement that you can't keep going, that you can keep going if you're enjoying it. Yeah, you can. I mean, I found ways to still you know, do science um, and, and sort of work around the fact that math was really problematic for me, which, you know, d- it means I had trouble with chemistry and I had trouble with physics. Eventually, that meant I had trouble with biology because biology is very statistics heavy once you get further into it. Um, but no, you can keep going. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of what you do. You, if you find something that you, you like, you can't think, well, oh, a passion is just going to find me. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there it is. You know, it'll show up. <laughs> you have to develop a passion. Mm-hmm. You have to, to find something and then and work at it and, and work into it and, f- and make it something that you enjoy. Not, you know, there's no magic thing that just happens for people. Um, there's no one pathway to somehow get you where you want to be. That's just, that's just not mm-hmm. true. Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, you know, got myself through college and then um, I bounced around and did things for a while. This is my 25th mm-hmm. job. Uh, (laughs) upon which I paid taxes. That's how I counted. Now, did you have an idea of what you, when you graduated, when you started out, did you have an idea or was it just this confusion? I don't even know where to start. And then ensued the 25 different jobs. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, um, well, those started in in high school too, those jobs. But I, (laughs) I knew I wanted to do science. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a mentor of any kind. Mm-hmm. I didn't have one in high school. Um, I really didn't know in college that you should seek out a mentor. Like nobody had ever told me that. Um, mm-hmm. My parents didn't tell me that. High school mm-hmm. teachers didn't tell me that. So I didn't end up really finding mentors originally in, in, in college. And so I graduated and um, I, really, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, so Dr. Blystone, and now this is a fun bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because you and mm-hmm. I both know that Blystone... There's a Blystone here at TMI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that Blystone's dad, so Daniel Blystone's mm-hmm. dad, um, was nice enough to take me into his lab and let me do some research and get, and get published. And he was teaching there at Trinity? He was teaching at Trinity at the time. He's, he's a... a, a, a I'm 99% mm-hmm. sure that he's retired. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, you know, really nice uh, that he would do that. And it was, be, it was very clear that I needed math. Mm-hmm. Um, that I didn't have the math background. So I went back, actually. I started working, and then in the evenings, I, t- I taught myself math. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started taking math classes, and then I started taking some additional classes and eventually went through and, and earned my master's degree. So, you know, I got there. It just took me sort of an odd an odd route um, mm-hmm. um, to get there. But I ended up taking through the, the fourth year of calculus. Um, I took a year of graduate stats. So, like, at this point in time, I've done a ridiculous, ridiculous amount of math. It's, it's insane. <laughs> you feel good with it now? I could not add fractions. <laughs> like, I cannot overemphasize enough. If, if you're a math student and you're thinking, oh, I'm just not good at math, you're just not good yet is, is probably more the truth. That, that's really it. So, um, but I was, yeah, I was going to get a PhD. That was my, my focus, my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I was studying um, desert ecology. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time out near Fort Stockton and out in the deserts of West Texas, which I mean, I still, I love going out there. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, it's hot, but I really like it. Um, and then, you know, along the way, I had to teach classes as a grad student, which, you know, sort of a standard thing, um, especially in science. And I discovered I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was really, really right rewarding. Right from the start? Yeah, from the very first day. Like, mm-hmm. really just, I just really enjoyed it um, and enjoyed, enjoyed the work, enjoyed working with uh, the students. Um, and at the same time, I discovered that, you know, I, I mean, I enjoyed the science I was doing, but nowhere near as much as, as I liked the teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of through happenstance, um, I happened to be taking a class with a guy who was teaching physics at TMI at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew TMI needed a physics teacher, and he could only do it 
on a limited basis. So he said, why don't you come by and, and mm -hmm. see what the campus is? I had no idea what TMI was. I really didn't. <laughs> he said Texas Military Institute, and I thought, oh, it's like soldiers. You know, I really right. had not a clue. Um, but I just, I went anyway uh, on a lark. And, um, you know, first day on the campus, I thought, this place is great. Mm -hmm. Like, this is really cool. Here, I, I was interacting with students that were easily doing the level of work that the, the college students that mm -hmm. I was teaching were doing. I thought, this is ridiculous. These guys are doing, they're doing college level work. The level of writing was right up there with the students that I was teaching at college. And I thought, well, this is great. This is really fun, you know. So I, they invited me back to interview the next day. And that was back in 2000? Yeah. And I didn't know at the mm -hmm. time I was, I mean, I wasn't necessarily looking for a teaching job. I wasn't sure. I was thinking of just going on to get my PhD or just taking a year off maybe mm -hmm. for a bit. And I thought, well, I'll take a year off and I'll teach. I'll just take a year off. Mm -hmm. I'll hang out at this TMI place. I'll teach. And then I'll see what I want to do. How'd that year off go? You're 18 years now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start my 19th, my 19th year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so clearly it's been a long year off. That's amazing. So here's something that's interesting that I find your, your passion for teaching is so evident, and you may or may not remember this, but the very first year I started working here, which was about nine years ago now, I came into your classroom to take some photos, and I started listening to the class and trying to pick my angle for the shot, and then I could see in the room that all of the students were just on the edge of their chairs, and they're listening to every word that you're saying, and they're watching every move that you make, and you are so dynamic. And all of a sudden, I found myself not wanting to leave class, <laughs> and, and I wanted to stay and finish the lesson, but... Unfortunately, I had to come back to work. <laughs> yeah, that's all died. I, um, I really, I just drag it in every day now. I'm, <laughs> I maybe wake up for class. It's, it's rough. I'm not I'm sure. Not, I'm not buying that. Yeah, also the seats are really small. They're on the edge because that's all that's there. That's, now, the kids actually like to do a lot of fun stuff with you. They had, what, this past year you told me they had some stuff on the board, kind of this ongoing meme. Yeah, so I am, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I think it's a really good idea for kids to uh, to feel comfortable enough with their teacher that they can tease them, mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in in a loving way, in a friendly way, mm -hmm. of course, you know, nothing nothing terrible. But um, yeah, I I think it's it's so hard to be a kid, honestly. Yeah. It's so hard to be a high school it student. Is. It really is. I would not want to go back for anything. You couldn't <laughs> pay me. You absolutely couldn't pay me to go back. There's nothing I would I would take to go back to high school. And um, yeah, it's just such a difficult time. And I think it's important in in whatever way you can do it that teachers, you know have a relationship with kids where kids feel mm -hmm. comfortable. And that's going to be different for different teachers, right? And that, that needs to depend upon you and who you are as a person. So, yeah, at, at some point I was going to be gone for a conference or something, mm -hmm. and I just put a large picture of myself. And when I say like an eight and a half by 11, mm -hmm. like a really big, <laughs> giant picture of my face up on the board, because um, the kids were going to be taking an exam while I was gone, mm -hmm. uh, just to make it that extra more Wanted legal. them to know that your eyes were still on them. Yeah, <laughs> and I wrote some sort of note like, you know, watching you with encouragement, you know, obviously sort of a, a, a bit of a salty mm -hmm. kind of note that I sent to them. Um, so I come back and they've written some sort of a, a comment under my name. And yeah, that started pretty much every day. Someone would write some uh, slightly salty comment mm -hmm. about me uh, <laughs> under my under my name. Now, the rule was, you know, you, you could make fun of me, but nothing making fun of other people mm -hmm. in, in a hurtful kind of fashion was yeah. sort of the only, that, that was the boundary I Those set good for them. Rules. Um, and they would often take whatever we'd done in class that day and, and you know, uh, so we were working with bacteria at some point, mm -hmm. and somebody wrote, the only culture this guy has is germs. You know, it, <laughs> that sort of thing would, mm -hmm. be, would be on my board, yeah. Well, I think it's a good testament to how engaged the students are and how they interact and that, that they do that. So it makes it fun. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love them to death. 
Well, we are lucky to have you here as a teacher at TMI and so glad that you stayed 18 years. And so let's go ahead and jump into what's happening at TMI. We had some summer renovations that went on. Right. So what happened in the science classrooms? Are students going to come back and see anything different? Yeah. I mean, you know, if I thought there were students listening to this, I'd keep it a surprise. Um, <laughs> but if there are students listening to this, it's the summer. There are places you can go. Um, SAMA has a wonderful exhibit. There's, you know, go somewhere with your friends. Um, get outside with the appropriate sunscreen and, and, and go do mm -hmm. something. Um, yeah, we are, we're freshening up a lot. You know, the buildings are, are they're almost 30 years old, I think, mm -hmm. somewhere along that line. Um, and, you know, and they get a lot of use. Science labs get a lot of use. And so, you know, we really have to do a... A lot of yearly maintenance. People probably don't know this. There's a lot that goes on every year with mm -hmm. keeping the, uh, the buildings in good shape over the summer. Um, but we are. We're freshening up um, the paint. Mm -hmm. um, the kids are going to go in. The rooms are going to look a lot brighter, um, a lot newer. We are um, getting rid of our old chalkboards and putting in whiteboards, mm -hmm. which I will tell you from the standpoint of science equipment, we actually have a problem with dust. Um, <laughs> I clean, I, I clean a lot of equipment out. Um, and then we're getting in, we're getting rid of our older whiteboards and uh, uh, smart boards. Okay. Um, they've, they've reached the end of their sort of life service and putting in new, um, newer clever touch boards. And, uh, and so, yeah, and we're getting some, some new equipment in here and there that the kids, will, the kids will notice. Good, good. Technology changes fast. It's hard to keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, and, of course, you know, uh, this year as we're going into doing one-on-one um, uh, -on -one computers with, with mm -hmm. kids, a little behind-the-scenes things, too. Kids won't see this, but I know, you know our IT department has put in a lot more backbone for all that stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot that's, that's happening in that regard. Well, speaking of technology, there's a lot that's going on in the background. You're part of the, a new STEAM committee that we have for science, technology, right. and engineering, and arts. Talk a little bit about what's going on with that. It's a new committee, and where's it headed? Yeah, it's new um, in one sense in that we sort of more formalized what mm -hmm. we're doing. It's not new in another. And if you're not familiar with, with STEAM, I'm not a big fan of, of acronyms mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, <laughs> science, technology, engineering, arts, math. Um, it's integration really mm -hmm. is, is what it is. So to some extent, we've been doing that uh, all along. But we're, we're really formalizing it uh, and, and making that something that um, we're doing in an intentional kind of, mm -hmm. kind of way. So there's a lot going on with that. Um, you know, background-wise, it probably helps to think that we're not just trying to do job training at TMI. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a place for job training, certainly. And, and there's a place for kids as they go through high school, any high school, to to begin to learn skills that will eventually have direct economic impact on their lives. Sure, absolutely. Um, but there's more to education than that, right? We're, we're really concerned that we teach students and help them become wonderful people um, and become leaders in their community. And so you can't just do job training to do that. So sometimes you think of science and you think, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach a science class or I'm gonna take a science class. I'm gonna become an engineer. Um, I'm just gonna learn math and science. That's mm -hmm. all I'm gonna do. <laughs> Um, and to some extent, that's fine. Um, I, I call people who do that, I, I refer to them as more technicians. Mm -hmm. um, and there's nothing wrong with that being sort of a career path that someone takes. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to achieve mastery, if you're going to become an expert mm -hmm. in science, you need to be able to do more than just, say, some of the math on paper. Mm -hmm. You need to, for example, be able to communicate your findings in writing in, 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 a, in a verbal way. You need to be someone who can speak across domains. So, you know, mm -hmm. as a scientist, you might need to speak um, with a technician, with an engineer, but you might need to speak with someone who um, works in, in uh, finance, who works mm -hmm. in marketing. You know, if you're going to be a scientist, you'll need funding for what you do. So you need to be able to communicate what you do to people who aren't scientists. Um, that's, that's super important. And your science needs to serve people. 
Mm-hmm. And people are not just served by uh, just mechanical devices. Um, you know, people mm-hmm. are, are excited in life by things like the arts as well. So, so integration is something that really serves our students to be whole people. Um, and so we're, you know, what you'll see, what students will see, um, we've got some interesting uh, things coming. We got, you'll find in our science classes, in our, in our chemistry classes, how about this specifically, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the art department uh, working with paints. And the chemistry classes are going to be working together. Is that going to be new this year? That's going to be new this year. We're going to have some um, working together between the anatomy classes Mm -hmm. and the art classes um, with some photography stuff that's going to be new this year. Um, We're going to look and continue. This has happened in the past, but we'll Mm -hmm. be working with music and physics. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll be sort of working with themselves together. Um, So, you know, really there's a number of places where these things are are coming together. And math department um, is going to be offering the new class in in, uh, engineering and design. which uh, other people can talk about more than I can. I'm sure, I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, Mr. Drake can talk about a yeah. lot um, or Mr. Waddington. But that's going to be a very exciting class that lets kids really exercise their engineering skills. That's a brand new one It's this a brand year. new one coming online, yeah. So there's a lot of that happening. And then, you know, very behind the scenes, uh, we have some wonderful parents who mm-hmm. are helping us to make connections with the greater San Antonio community, um, with the medical center, with some universities, with some things that are outside of San Antonio entirely. Um, and we're, we're hoping to be able to bring into our classroom mm-hmm. um, people who uh, work in science, you know, as an actual career instead of just mm-hmm. teachers, um, people who combine science and, and art. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that happening as, as well. I think, you know, uh, for parents who, you know, who are part of TMI, but they're, you know, they're here in a more casual way because they're, they're dropping their kids off. They got mm-hmm. work to go to and, and so on. Um, boy, behind the scenes, there are, there are definitely a lot of places they can get involved if they want to. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we always need people who have connections and who have skills that they may not even think are important, but, but really can be so great for kids. How would you recommend someone reach out if they're interested in getting involved in say the science or something like that? You, you know, really the easiest, easiest first step is talk to your kid's teacher. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't have wonderful people here that, you know, that's like, that's their job. Like right. you, um, <laughs> people don't know all the stuff you do. People I do. don't. You've been doing it for a while. Um, but easiest thing, talk to your, talk to your child's, uh, mm-hmm. teacher and say, Hey, you know, I, I do this, I do that. Um, I have this involvement. Um, and, uh, and, and often that can be as simple as maybe there's something you can do in that one classroom um, but we might find places where you can really uh, show off what you know in, in, in bigger ways it just really depends on what time you commitment a person has it can be really mm-hmm. small or it can be more involved or really anything in between that's great that's great so talking about cross-curriculum and getting involved and doing these different things you're also involved in another committee that we have yeah. a new committee so the community reads committee which is another venue that gives everyone a shared experience so talk a little bit about that and how you're planning to incorporate it into your classes yeah so so um you know this was the brainchild of uh, mr greg smith um, before he left Um, this is something a lot of schools do they introduce a text that um everyone in the school school reads um, so it has to be accessible to everybody, you know, they can, they can enjoy it, um, or at least it's at a level everybody can read. And it gives the whole community a, a place to have conversation. What, it doesn't have to be formal, right? It doesn't have to be something that's, that's just stuck in a classroom and there's going to be a test over it, that kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, and it's a, it's a great way of building community. So um, 
the book we chose, uh, How Dare the Sunrise, uh, was written by a woman who was a, a refugee mm -hmm. um, who came to the United States and, and built a new life for herself. It's a, it's a tremendous book, um, you know, showing the, the hardship she went through, um, but also the way in which she was able to build community herself and build a new life. Um, so that's something that, you know, you might think, well, okay, I can see that that's going to be in the in history classes or that's mm -hmm. going to be in, um, in English classes. It doesn't have to be in every class. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know that it's going to show up in a math classroom, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it would. Um, on the other hand, um, a lot of what caused her to be a refugee has to do with uh, shifts in population and mm -hmm. environmental degradation where she was from. Um, that's absolutely a biology uh, uh, piece. So we'll be, you know, reading a companion piece in my biology classes with that. Um, it's uh, called Rwanda's Genocide. So mm -hmm. it's about the genocide in Rwanda, which is very related to what mm -hmm. happened to her. Um, and it takes an environmental angle looking at that, at what happened to the landscape there with the over farming and drought um, and the use of resources that then caused a crash mm -hmm. in the available food for people. And now you had a lot of people, not a lot of food, and so you had a lot of struggle for, for resources. So we'll, we can bring that into my classroom. Um, and she's going to be on campus, actually, the author of that. So it should be really exciting. And did you learn how to pronounce her last name? You said no. the author of that. So. Mm, yeah, no, no, I, I am not going to fall down that trap. I'll I give it a, a shot. So yeah. I have an hour drive to and from work every day. So I actually listened to her audio book. And I believe it was Sandra Uringiyama. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm not going to pretend. I can't do that. <laughs> now, don't ask me to spell it because that's different. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So some more fun things coming up. Dominica, Dominica. Yes. We don't know Dominica. We Dominique? don't know how to pronounce it. Is I, I what honestly we're have seen it pronounced, heard it pronounced <laughs> like four different ways. Um, so I is think, it? So if you spell it in, with with a French spelling, I think it's Dominique. But but I think it's mm -hmm. Dominica. Mm -hmm. I think. And I think we're going out on a limb saying this is TMI's very first research expedition. Is that correct? We, um, as far I, as we I know, I think the last least. time TMI did anything that you might consider really a research expedition. Mm -hmm. Um, would have been in the late 1990s with uh, Mrs. Mary Kennedy. They mm -hmm. went to Mexico to look at monarch migration. Ah. Um, now, did a whole class go or just a She brought a, small a group grouping of, of students. students. Yeah, not a whole class, but a grouping of students. But I, I think in terms of like true research, this is, I th I'm pretty sure, our first ever expedition mm -hmm. uh, to go do this. So tell uh, me a little bit. This was kind of a, a brainchild that you'd had yeah. kind of years in the making or... Yeah, I was really lucky when I was in college, and I had to do the, the, the summer school. Um, the, the study abroad office at Trinity University uh, was there, and I, I popped in, and they said, hey, we can help you get your, your credit hours, mm -hmm. um, but you can do that by studying marine biology, studying it overseas. Um, so how does that sound? And of course, that sounded super fantastic. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was fortunate enough to spend a summer um, on the island of South Caicos. Mm -hmm. And some of our families will probably know the Turks in Caicos. They'll know uh, Provo. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a vacation spot for people or, or Grand Turk. South Caicos is a little fishing village. There's nothing there um, except for the School for Field Studies. So mm -hmm. I, I got to study marine biology by getting up every day, scuba diving, snorkeling, studying it you know, right there. I worked with the fisheries department, mm -hmm. so I was able to, to do some local community type work. It, incredibly rewarding. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I probably learned more about doing science in, in that short period of time than anything else that I had done. It was very, very intensive and very exciting. So for years, I have really wanted to find out, is there something like that um, you can do with a high school student? Mm -hmm. um, and, and most things that I found, uh, I've been looking, and, and most of them, you, you go places, you tour, 
you see things, um, mm-hmm. but you don't really do research. It's, it's mostly you get kids on a bus and you go, look, a dolphin. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, a turtle. And, and that's about it, you know. Um, so I've been trying to find that. And I eventually um, actually threw a contact through the School for Field Studies. So I, mm-hmm. I found a person who was also an alum, and they're part of um, OpWall. It's Operation mm-hmm. Wall- Wallacea, mm-hmm. but um, OpWall. Okay. And um, they hook up classrooms students, high school students, with researchers out in the field who need help doing their research. Um, Field research, as I've done out in West Texas, it's Mm -hmm. very, very uh, labor intensive. Uh, It requires a lot of hands, basically. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. hard, but it just requires a lot of hands to to do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, So researchers always need need help. Um, And so the students help the researchers collect their data. The researchers teach them the techniques, and then in the evenings, they give them more sort of formal formal lectures. So we're going to spend two weeks. Mm-hmm. And this is next summer, correct? This is uh, 2019. 2019, coming up. We're going to spend two weeks. We have a dozen kids uh, that are going with us. Um, you have to be 16 years old, roughly, to be able to mm-hmm. go. So these are all kids that are going to have basically sophomores through seniors uh, uh, age range. Um, but we're going to spend two weeks, one week in the rainforest and mm-hmm. one week on the coral reef. Mm-hmm. Um, Sleeping outside? Uh, in, well, in the rainforest will be intense, mm-hmm. um, primarily, although there are, uh, I think, a few little bitty sort of small hut-type, shack-type things. Mm-hmm. Um, but primarily, yeah, sleeping mm-hmm. outside, which is what you do when you do research like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we go down to the coral reef, we're actually staying in a 16th century British fort. Wow. So that's a bit fancy. <laughs> in, in By comparison. anybody's standards. <laughs> yeah, look, when I was out in West Texas, I was in a tent um, in the desert in a salt marsh mm-hmm. on an oil field where there were cows. So really, yeah. So nobody would have signed up for that one. Absolutely. <laughs> I often wondered why I was there. Really, there were a number of evenings mm-hmm. when I thought, why am I doing this? Um, <laughs> but you survived. You made it through. It was actually great. It was really cool in a lot of ways. So um, so this is this opportunity for kids to do something that, I mean, really nobody does this in high school, hardly at all. It, it's just not something that kids get a chance to do. The the research techniques that they're going to learn are the techniques I learned as a graduate student. Wow. I sat there looking at the list of what mm-hmm. they do, and I thought, wait, I, I, I did that in grad school. You know, misnetting mm-hmm. of birds, catching birds, and being able to measure them, that was grad school. Um, the kind of work they're going to do uh, with small mammals, grad mm-hmm. school. Camera trapping, grad school. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it's really even beyond what, what, what college kids do. So what will they be doing? You mentioned trapping the birds, netting the birds. What kind of activities are they going to be involved in and doing? So every day is um, working with a different researcher, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So mm-hmm. like you, you're in the rainforest for uh, roughly five days. Um, and you would think, well, okay, I guess I'm going to do something for five days. No, you're, there's, there's a different thing every day. Um, you have multiple researchers at one field site. Uh, so you'll have a day of someone who's researching uh, the bird populations. And mm-hmm. on those days, you're going to do what's called point spotting, which is when you basically go out and you, you look and listen. You, you're trained to listen for bird call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you use that to estimate populations of birds. And you'll mm-hmm. also do mist netting, which is you put up a, a very fine net. Think like, like finer than fishing line. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really. Like a spider web? It's, yeah, like a spider <laughs> web. And you put it up between trees early, early in the day mm-hmm. where birds are going to fly through. And the birds will fly into it and they get caught. They don't get hurt. They're mm-hmm. fine because it's really like a spider web. Um, and that lets you capture the birds, handle them, take measurements on them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, take even including like you can take DNA samples that way in, in non-harmful kind of ways for them. And then you let them go. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll do insect studies. You go out and you use do what's called sweep netting and, and mm-hmm. uh, using, and this is a real word, using what's called a pooter. Uh, <laughs> could you spell that? Yes, P-O-O-T-E-R. <laughs> it's a pooter, um, mm-hmm. which is a, it's basically a little suction device that you use to, to pull up insects uh, so you don't mm-hmm. have to touch them and, okay. and handle them. Um, Are some of them poisonous or... Uh, yeah, sting, well, bite? you know, almost any animal has some way in which it could sting and bite mm-hmm. you. If you ever thought about it, like dogs have big teeth, you know, mm-hmm. and like your pet dog is great, but a wild dog you'd be probably, you know, slightly, slightly afraid of, right? Um, so yeah, uh, you know, you, you could, but the methods that you use protect you really from being, mm-hmm. from being injured. Um, most of them won't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, for example, are, are afraid of spiders. Right. Really, really commonly. I, I am. Used, I used to be terrified. <laughs> oh, I was terrified of spiders. Um, it, it, it's hard to get a spider to bite you. Like, you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, it's all, it's all uh, safety, that sort of thing. Um, they'll go out and they'll uh, do a study of an invasive species mm-hmm. of, uh, of reptile. Um, if you've never caught lizards. Have you ever caught lizards? I'm sure that's, it's a hobby a lot of people have. I have not caught lizards. Really? I... No. <laughs> you don't say. I run... I've accidentally, I've caught a gecko in my house when I've needed to relocate it outside my house, but I don't go chasing them. Yeah, so you go fishing for lizards. The, the technique is to literally use a fishing pole with a fishing line with a very tiny loop on the end, wow. of, like a noose, like a hangman's mm-hmm. noose. Um, they have really strong necks. So you, you wow. can, yeah, you can, you can grab them with that and pick them up and they're fine. It's, it's not a, a problem for them at all. Um, we'll go out and do um, electroshock catching of fish, which mm-hmm. is what it sounds like. You mm-hmm. literally shock the water and the fish are like, Ugh, and they float they up. They get stunned. Yeah, they're not, they're, again, they're not really hurt, mm-hmm. right? They're just kind of knocked out for a minute and kind of like going, hey, that's, that's bizarre. <laughs> Later, they have like an amazing story to tell their fish friends, right? They come back, you won't believe this. Um, Aliens came. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll catch, we'll do, we'll do a mist netting of bats. Mm-hmm. Um, students won't handle those because uh, there's there's always a slight worry of, of rabies. It's actually really rare, but you just mm-hmm. don't take the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do um, what's called light traps uh, for insects. So you know, it's just this huge number of, mm-hmm. uh, of different techniques that you end up learning uh, with different researchers, and then you often take things back to the field station and you do a variety of, of measurements on them, and, um, including taking measurements for things like genetic testing and, and, mm-hmm. and so on. So yeah, t- that, and that's just the rainforest part. Wow. And now the students are there for a short time, just five days in the rainforest, right. two weeks for the whole trip. How long are the researchers there? Have they been there a while? Do yeah, they're, they they're going to be there all summer. So so a uh, fun fact about a lot of mm-hmm. science that's done uh, with, with ecology and stuff like that is most of it's done during the summer. Um, because if you're a researcher, you work probably at a university or you work Mm -hmm. at a museum or you work for a government agency. Uh, and so summer season is, is field season for, for a lot of stuff, unless you're, unless you're someone literally studying something that takes place in the winter or the fall. So yeah, they'll have been there, uh, for the whole summer. Um, and then Opwal cycles in Mm -hmm. groupings of students roughly every, every two weeks, uh, to go through. Now, is it too late for our students to sign up if people are hearing this and wanting to get involved? Has the deadline passed? Uh, you know, the hard deadline has sort of passed, but, mm-hmm. but if someone's really interested, you, you know, make an exception. and they're just hearing about <laughs> it, well, they can certainly call me. I mean, what I can always do is, is ask Opwall and say, mm-hmm. Hey, do you, do you happen to have a space? Because they, they do limit it, um, mm-hmm. so that the field site is not overrun with, you know, hundreds of students. It would not be a good experience for, for kids. The way it works right now is, um, you'll have maybe four or five kids who go out on a given day with a given researcher. Um, so it's, it's really, really kept small. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, call. It, it's not going to hurt to call. The yeah. worst thing I'm going to say is, no, Opwall says that it's, uh, it's closed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming we're going to go again. 
wanting to make it an annual thing? I'm, I'm wanting this to either to be annual or semi-annual uh, is part of mm-hmm. my goal. Um, you know, it is, it is a big ask of uh, teachers, mm-hmm. honestly, because as fun as it sounds, having, I've traveled with kids around the world. I've taken TMI kids to, you know, China mm-hmm. and, and Ecuador and, and Europe, all sorts of places. Um, it is, it is, you know, two weeks of being responsible for the safety of children, right? So <laughs> it's not a vacation Mentally for me. Mentally exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm, you know, sure it's enjoyable, but it is not, you know, a vacation for a teacher. So I don't know if I can do it every year. Um, you know, my long-term goal sneakily is mm-hmm. to see what we can do in terms of getting this to be uh, a part of the curriculum so that I, mm-hmm. I, ideally, if I can make this happen, I'd like kids to be able to get a, a half year of credit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm jumping the gun telling you this because now I'm... I'm <laughs> If you put it out there, then then maybe we have to do something with it. <laughs> or or I get fussed at for saying anything. Right, that's the possibility. One of the two things um, will happen. Yeah, but I am hoping it to be a regular thing. Opal goes around the world. So mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Dominica, uh, you know, this year, and I guess maybe if it's great, Dominica again. But mm-hmm. I mean, they go to Honduras. They go to mm-hmm. um, Romania. They go to Fiji. A uh, lot of opportunity. Yeah. This, this, I'm hoping this could be something that for TMI just provides lots of opportunities year after year for students who... Um, they're ready to really, you know, do science. Mm-hmm. They, they'd really like to get themselves uh, invested in doing it for real. Um, I, my hope is the kids that are going this year come back and they say, yeah, that, Let's go was, again. that was great. Sign yeah, me sign me up again. I'd go again if I could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, if the next time I go, I can take, you know, twice as many kids, I'd be, I'd be happy to do mm-hmm. it. You're going to look for ways to incorporate this into your classes and the lessons next year with what you've learned over the research expedition? Is there anything you can bring back to the classroom? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have, you know, we have, what is it, 86 acres Mm -hmm. or something like that on campus. Um, And we have a a thriving outdoor ed program, um, primarily for middle school students. Um, But, you know, Miss Miss Sherry Lim has just done this amazing job. We'll be getting her on here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely we should. And, you know, I mean, uh, Sherry and her, her, of course, her parent volunteers are just... Oh my they're gosh. amazing. They're they fantastic. Oh my gosh, the stuff that they get done. It's it's tremendous. Um, um, you know, at the moment there's not necessarily a lot that we have going on for uh, for the high school students. In in part because our kids are so busy. They're they so are. busy. So definitely I want to see if we can take some of the techniques that we learn mm-hmm. um, and can we bring that back into the classroom um, in a way that's that's quick and and uh, um, you know inviting and easy for them to do mm-hmm. as much as I know how to, how to do a lot of these things the way I learned to do them had to do with me being alone in the field you know, and then <laughs> sort of a different mentality so yeah I'm hoping I can I can bring that stuff back that's going to be really exciting very exciting all right so before we wrap up I have a fun little section I want to do of some speed round kind of questions about you so tell me any new classroom plans for your classes that you want to share coming up this year yeah, we're we're rewriting um, the honors bio curriculum. Um, oh. We're we're changing it around a little bit, uh, providing more of an opportunity for for ecology to be in there, mm-hmm. um, for environmental studies. That's something that we haven't had as much of, um, and kids have told me that they'd like to see a little more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be responsive to what it is that they are excited about and interested in. So that's a, a definite change that we'll uh, that we'll see. Exciting. So, what motivates you and inspires you to teach? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, initially, um, part of what I really got inspired about was that I, I didn't have good teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told you I was, a, you know, a mediocre kid. I really was. Um, and, you know, I, 
I got through college, mm-hmm. and um, I got so excited about education while I was in college. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like such a world opened up to me. And I thought, man, that's what I want to be able to, to try and do, try and deliver that if, mm-hmm. I, if I can. I probably think I, I fail on that, you know, nine times out of ten. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, basically I sort of look and I'm like, nope, still not getting it. Um, no. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping all the time that I can sort of bring that, that, that excitement. Um, you definitely do from the classes I've been in and gotten the opportunity to take pictures in and see, you definitely bring that. Excitement. Yeah. I just turn it on when you're in. I mean, <laughs> honestly, other than that, it's a lot That's of worksheets, the secret. a lot of worksheets. I mean, really, I'm not lot. buying it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we got question number three, we got four here. So the third question, what is your most memorable moment from teaching here at TMI? Yeah. I, you know, it, I'm starting my 19th year, right? So, that's this very long list. Um, I was in the dorms for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Like if I add that in, it becomes a really long list of memorable moments. Um, you know, and I have a number that are really silly and, and really goofy, but I, I have to tell you the one that just I just uh, come back to mm-hmm. um, over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, I had a student, and you know, to this day, he still for me is just the model of, of just what I think a student should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was in AP Bio with me. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was a guy that came into AP Bio, and, and he was very upfront. He said, you know, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm going to be able to, to do this, to, to do well at it. Uh, and boy, he, he did. He struggled. Um, he, all year long, you know, knew that he was probably struggling more than anybody else in the class, um, had the hardest time getting stuff. And when the, when the you know, exam scores came out, I think the score, his score wasn't maybe what he wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he never gave up. Mm-hmm. He never stopped having sort of an attitude of growth. Um, and I was just so proud of him. And it, really for me, I always think of him when I think of like, well, who was like just a kid that you think is just amazing? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he didn't get to see a paper coming back with an A on it. Mm-hmm. Not once for me. Um, I mean, but he kept trying and yeah, kept... Yeah, but he just kept working and digging at it mm-hmm. and, and, just, and just trying so hard. That's just a great attitude. Um, uh, yeah, that, that just always... That like kind of gets me up in the morning when I think about that kind yeah. of a kid. I get messages back occasionally uh, from, from students. Um, and that also just... Like that, if I'm having a bad day, you know, that's what gets me going again. Yeah, definitely makes a difference. All right, last question for this little speed round. This is kind of a fun one. What is something most people don't know about you? Yeah, I don't know about me. Um, I, I think... I try to be like a really open book, honestly. <laughs> so I think a lot of, you know, if I say like, I'm a competitive swimmer, like kids know that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I picked up a couple of years ago and I, and I really enjoy doing. Um, you know, I have a surprising number of scars on my forearm from having fallen through a car window once. Um, but I think oh. kids know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not from the swimming. <laughs> no, not from the swimming, no. Um, I, here's the thing that I think a lot of uh, kids don't know or would be surprised. I am a tremendous introvert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I have really shown that. Yeah, I know. When I'm um, when I'm not teaching or not doing something professionally, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm out talking to you, it's really unusual. It really is. <laughs> I am I am basically home with my family, um, reading books and so on. But I, yeah, I'm I'm really introverted actually. So what gets you extroverted when you get ready for the day teaching? Do you put on kind of change outfits and put on the, the extroverted <laughs> yeah yeah in a sense I kind of do mm-hmm. um, you know I do sort of do that I, I do sort of put on my my it's time to, mm-hmm. to be extroverted kind of face I guess you know I feel like every every person if they want to live a, a life that has meaning to it mm-hmm. um, one way they they need to think about doing that is in what way can you serve people mm-hmm. right what what are your gifts mm-hmm. um, and if you're not using those gifts you're you're probably Cheating yourself, but you're also cheating other other people um, a little bit. And and I think I have at least 
at least some sort of a gift of an enthusiasm for teaching. Like, I don't know if I get any of the rest of it right. <laughs> like, you need to get somebody else in here who knows what they're doing. Like, get <laughs> get Miss Bilbury in here or somebody like who you know who, who has some sort of clue. Um, but but I know I have that that enthusiasm for it, and I have it because I really do think, like, I just honestly think mm-hmm. that becoming a more educated person can make your life better, more fulfilling, more exciting, mm-hmm. um, and 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 more meaningful. And so that makes it worth it to me to to put that on. Now, last class of the day. Um, or, or end of the day when the last kid who needs extra help, you know, leaves. Um, yeah, the, I'm exhausted. The introvert starts showing. Yeah, I mean, my, my energy level drops massively because I have to put a lot into it. Um, and then, yeah, then I'm home and it's quiet. <laughs> it's just real quiet. There's not a lot of talking that goes well, on. Well, I can't imagine yeah. how exhausting it is to be teaching. You teach, what, six classes a day? Oh, you God. oh no. Prep five no, or six? No, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm a department chair. We, we, uh, well, we, we show true, up but... for, well, I think one, maybe. <laughs> that I one class is that exhausting. One, uh, no, we, we, yeah, we do, we do four and then we do our department chair duties. And The average load prep. for a teacher is anywhere five. from... Yeah. Know, and I mean, as, as for perspective for that, really, you know, if you're teaching five classes, um, for any class, if you're going to be in it for about an hour, you probably put in an hour to two hours of prep work mm-hmm. for that for that hour of class, roughly. So if you're teaching five sections of the same class, that's one thing. We have teachers who teach, they might teach four different classes. Um, a lot and of so, work. yeah, realistically, I mean, they're putting in really several hours uh, a day for, for each one that they're that they're doing. So we, we joke that we have mm-hmm. off periods. They're not off periods. They're planning <laughs> periods is really, really what they are, yeah. I think I'd be exhausted by lunch if I did what you did. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the other source of energy, right, is is if you have a kid that um, that you can tell they need you, mm-hmm. they need you to help them out, they in whatever way that that is. Um, yeah, that's super energizing. The right? students are inspiring. I will say that, yeah. even though I don't teach yeah, the students, just being around them and around what they're doing and being in the community, the students are really really inspiring they're they're energizing yeah and they don't know that because they're they're yeah. <laughs> well, when you're a teenager you and don't, we'd never you don't tell know. them in person yeah don't tell them this <laughs> no when you're a teenager right you don't you don't really know really uh, at you all uh, how how adults see you or what the adult world is like you just don't know um and so they don't they don't necessarily know or, or understand that um but you know we see them do awesome things yeah all the time they really do. just really things that make us really proud and uh, and so yeah, that sort of thing is, is really, really inspiring. And so, yeah, it gives you a lot of energy. It does. Well, thank you so much. This has really been exciting. And Rob, you are truly a gift to TMI. So we are very pleased that you're here and it's exciting to have you here. So thank you for sitting with me and sharing everything about that's going on in the science department and a little bit more about yourself. All right. Thank you for letting me talk to you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.